All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Tell Your Story podcast, episode six. Today's guest is Morgan Schatz, uh, who uh, is doing a lot of great things within uh, her community in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti community uh, area, um, and has been uh, trying to do her best to want to connect with uh, young people and bring more awareness to sexual assault. So, Morgan, please uh, let viewers and listeners know about you and get a little bit and let them know a little bit about uh, you and what you do. All right so um, I am an artist in the community and I've lived between just Washtenaw County for over 21 years so kind of grew up here. Um, I am currently working on a project which is related to the Me Too movement which a lot of us you know, have an understanding of that with survivors finally coming forward and just acknowledging, hey, these things happen to me, let's have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great place to start, but I'm very interested in actually um, working with organizations to change the Michigan legislature and ensure protections for um, K through 12 students and also university students as well. Um, this is not something that is restricted to one gender or one, I think it's a human construct, but race or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, we've all been kids. We've all experienced something negative, at least during our school years. I'm hoping that everyone doesn't have a story about sexual violence, but I think, you know, it's more common than we'd care to admit. It's really difficult to talk about, but um, I'm going to start with sharing some parts of my own personal story so that it's not just this vague thing that we're talking about. There's actually a personal connection there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so how? So uh, before going into your story, because I know again that's a very you know personal topic, and again has a lot of scars to it. Um, just how long have you been an artist for, and you know what your journey was like? You know, initially starting your journey as an artist, transitioning now to wanting to bring more awareness to the issue of sexual assault and the media movement. So um, I started off on the medical track and also with nursing, and then I pursued social work. So a lot of my art actually incorporates um, social justice. I like biology, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've dabbled with just being a working artist for about eight or nine years, but I realized I needed to return to school to um, do grant writing because I'd like to really fund the arts, especially in communities that really need it and actually produce art. A lot of amazing artists, whether it's musical performance arts or whether it's theater, you know, or just, you know, drawing and Mm -hmm. painting, all of that good stuff. So um, that kind of gives you a little bit of a background basically on where I'm coming from. Mm Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, um, so uh, share a little bit of, of your story. Um, and again, it's at your own level of comfortability too. Um, so, you know, I won't push, but, uh, you know, I want people to understand your story and hear it. Um, to also like, you know, like you said, build more of like a personal connection to it. Um, but also, again, let you be able to tell your story and just me sort of like being the vehicle for like questions and stuff and not taking over like what you can bring value to others listening by viewing uh, this podcast. All right. Well, 
let me see here. So essentially during COVID, everyone had a little bit more downtime and it happened to be the reunion of my graduating class from Huron High School. Um, we didn't meet in person or anything like that, but a few of us reached out to each other and we started reminiscing and it kind of triggered some of us and we realized, hey, wait a minute, some of these things that happened to us were not appropriate and um, span back from elementary school, fourth grade for me, to middle school to high school. Um, so essentially, I have spent the past year and a half kind of going through exactly what the laws are in terms of Title IX, um, mandated reporting, and the sex offender registry. There's a lot of changes that are being made that we really need to keep a close eye on. Um, I am all for criminal justice reform. I want to make that very, very clear um, for a lot of different crimes or things that people have been falsely accused of, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. There's a history with it, especially for people of color, um, people who look like us. So that's just a reality. Mm -hmm. With that being said, sexual violence is a really big issue that affects all of us. And um, I'm just going to go through some of the ways it personally affected me. Mm -hmm. So the former prosecutor in Washtenaw County, his name was Brian Mackey, mm -hmm. and um, there was a case for the fourth grade teacher at Mitchell Elementary School. He essentially would like touch us on, and have us sit on his lap. Um, he was caught emailing students um, inappropriately who transferred to Scarlet Middle School who would come back. He um, was in charge of like the school store. So he had a lot of leverage, you know, little kids, they'll do anything yeah. for like candy or like cheap plastic things. So he had a lot of, I guess, power. Um, unfortunately, this is one of the ways that I kind of realized there's some gaps in the system. He was allowed to keep his teaching certificate despite facing those criminal charges and being let go from the school. So it's kind of setting us up for failure, um, not really protecting kids, especially if someone can just go, let's say to a different district and be rehired because their file doesn't reflect their actions. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm gonna tie it to a little bit later on in my school career. Um, Chris Mark was an orchestra teacher at Huron High School in 2010. Um, he was my teacher. I had him as an instructor. Mm -hmm. So he actually groomed one of his 15-year-old students, ended up marrying her, was able to keep his teaching certificate, and went on to teach it in Detroit public schools. This is something that I'm seeing resurface as a pattern with multiple people. They are let go from Ann Arbor, the best schools, and they're going to communities where we have a lot of at-risk youth who are susceptible to being abused. And I think Ann Arbor Public Schools isn't doing its due diligence with um, reporting these types of things. So Jesus. whether 2004, it's like the early two, or 2000, I can't remember exactly, but early 2000s mm -hmm. for me for fourth grade, mid 2000s, and then 
Um, let me see. There's one more thing I want to share because I'm also really tied to the sex offender registry based off of this. Mm -hmm. So when I was 11 or 12 years old, um, I participated in summer camps. Um, and there was a U of M basically administrator named Joshua Blake Ho. He was in charge of the debate team and a few other things um, on campus. Mm -hmm. He was caught by um, perverted justice. I don't know if you know To Catch a Predator. It was oh, like a yeah. Yeah, Chris yeah. Hansen show where he'd, mm -hmm. he'd get people um, basically busted online for inappropriate soliciting minors. Mm -hmm. So there's chat records to back this up because I don't have you know, I was 11 or 12. There's chat records with this um, man's name. And I recognized him immediately with um, attending some of the protests I've been going to for Black Lives Matter. Um, there's some crossover with some of the reform that's going on. Um, and he is a policy analyst now um, for Safe and Just Michigan. And he has led podcasts and has helped basically write legislation um, for the Michigan Sex Offender Registry coordinated with like the ACLU and some other big hitting names. Mm. So he sent, like he would try to talk to me about like leaving my house, how he would give me money, how like I was unhappy at home. My parents were working class, working all the time it's not necessarily something where you blame the parents it's just like these are this is what was going on yeah so and he would send um like pornography and talk about how he wanted to like statutory rape people and things like that so Jesus. not exactly the best guy to be doing reform work or policy work directly mm -hmm. um affecting survivors yeah no no that's Jesus, Jesus. It's a lot. I, I know I got some baggage. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's, 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 it just sounds like it's, it's very systematic, very systematic from what it sounds like. And like, and like, I only, I only took one semester of criminology class, but even just one semester of me taking that, I understood at least a little bit just how bad our laws are. I just didn't imagine it being like that bad, especially in terms of just like the, just the movement, just even the moving of like a member of a faculty member to like a different district and stuff like that. And then being able to still have their teaching certificate and stuff and know like basically an open secret at this point of just like, Jesus. Jesus. Oh God. Okay. Continue. Continue. Oh man. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm gonna kind of focus on a few things. Like I said, um, so how about since we're both students at EMU and we both have mm -hmm. a tie to this, um, I'm gonna start off with Eastern's um, Title IX compliance and some of the issues that I found happening in May and April of 2021. Mm -hmm. So this is this year, this isn't way back in time or anything. Mm -hmm. So there were some 
reports and um, there were serial rapes happening um, with Delta Tau Delta and Alpha Sigma Pi. Um, I'm not going to direct, well, you know what, I am going to directly say their names because these are um, public files. So mm -hmm. I want you to know that these frats had areas referred to as the dog pound where they would take um, women or young girls. Um, and one of the people who was um, involved with these crimes, his name is Thomas Hernandez, um, mm -hmm. was accused of barking and growling and howling while he was um, sexually abusing um, someone. Um, another person who was involved, and this is something that I really wanna focus on, is a Washtenaw County deputy named mm -hmm. DeAngelo McWilliams. Um, he was 24 at the time of the crime. So their ages matter. I think I didn't mention Thomas was 22. Mm -hmm. And then Dustin Michael Derman, who was 24 at the time of the crime, essentially retaliate, was retaliatory and told people who were coming forward to report, hey, I got a buddy who's with Washtenaw County Sheriff, like, don't come forward. Like, I know police, things like that. <clears throat> so that's kind of where this all begins. And then in terms of people coming forward, um, first they go to the Title IX office. So mm -hmm. at the time in 2018, Melody Werner was in charge of um, basically reporting. She told the girls not to report it. Basically Greek life will back up. You know, it's like fraternities, everyone kind of backs each other up, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so she discouraged them from making a formal police report, which is really important when it comes to the nature of um, sex crimes. There's a timeline on these things. Um, it was essentially a horrible response from someone who I have assumed identifies as a woman to mm -hmm. other women. Um, and the chief executive director of public safety um, Bob Robert Heise, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, his nephew told him about the frat's reputation with this. So he did have some knowledge of it. Um, these frats aren't exactly on campus. So with Title IX and the changes that Betsy DeVos made, mm -hmm. um, the university isn't necessarily held accountable because it didn't occur on campus. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things for ways to kind of wiggle around. And I think we have to remember that they're doing their jobs. Like these administrators are doing what they've been taught to do. So mm -hmm. in terms of it being a cover up, which is what I've labeled it as, basically EMU public safety has its own closed policing system and reporting system. Every mm -hmm. township, um, has basically different police, um, I don't know, I want to call them a brigade, but it's not the right term. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't necessarily share information with each other without having um, coordination. So mm -hmm. the fact that the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office 
and EMU Public Safety kind of worked together almost in some ways to avoid this looking bad um, is something of concern. Mm -hmm. um, specifically because the sheriff, um, Jerry Clayton, serves on nonprofit boards like Safe House, which is supposed to be a place for survivors. Mm -hmm. So we can't have someone in the community not holding their staff accountable for these things mm -hmm. and then representing um, and supporting survivors. It's kind of like a, there's a disconnect there, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. No, um, yeah, and you know, again, um, accountability is also like something that we throw, on, throw around a lot. <laughs> um, and it's, it's one of those things where people know, but people really don't. <laughs> um, especially when it comes to like, you know, big, you know, things such as like, you know, being on the board or something, being ahead of an organization or whatever. Um, especially because like accountability is a very complex thing. Um, but it's also very simple too. It's just like, it's literally just a matter of like, you know, holding yourself up to a higher standard and then showing to other people like, oh, they can definitely hold themselves to a higher standard too. Why can't, why don't I follow his example or, get, or his or her example, you know? Um, <clears throat> and, you know, sort of, sort of being able to sort of like, you know, understand the responsibility that we have, you know, not only to ourselves, but also to each other too. Because, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, like you, as much as you can think about yourself, it's a lot more, it's a, it's a lot more, I guess in my personal opinion, a lot more better, in my opinion, of just looking, looking out for other people, especially it's going to be the better for everyone else to not stretch yourself, you know, it's like, if I'm able to be able to lift everyone else, I want to be able to look, if I'm able to lift myself up, I'm able to lift everyone else up, if I'm able to provide, like, a space for that then I want to show people how they can create their own space for like something similar to this as well too you know where there's just by just putting this out there or having a class or whatever and these are just things in my head but these are eventual things that I want to do but it it it's about being more about proving what your actions is of words too and that in even there even that there's a disconnect too especially with how like these organizations have interacted with the public you know like even one of them blocking someone for on their on their instagram page for really just saying like you know what it is that they had like a like that they did not like what happened in the past and stuff that's still affecting them now just because you know they don't want that back with you stuff and it's like you have to accept that bad publicity in order to be better like you can't just block because at the end of the day like we are in a digital age right now literally everything is up on perpetuity and like that thing that's shit lasts <laughs> a long long time and people have really good memories especially if it's affecting them for so long and so much and especially if they heard it for so long too like even hearing about like the cases like I even heard about like the rumors of like you know Thomas Hernandez like making like a Facebook page dedicated to like a lot of like taking videos of like 
the girls and comments and stuff like that too. And mind you, these were just rumors. I was just like, am I like, what am I hearing and stuff like that too? And like, I used to also know him, and then just to just so many years later, just hearing all this, and it's like, Jesus Christ, like Jesus, you know. And it's like, and it's like making me like want to be like, all right, like, what am I doing to help make things better for like everyone else too, you know? And being able to provide the space, but also how can I, as like a guy, because you know, I I wasn't physically affected by sexual assault or anything. But even then, it's like, how can I be an ally and like do and like help in a way where it actually does make a difference? And then, you know, being able to like want to create space like this, you know, because, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's, it's it's hard having these conversations and hearing them, but it's very, really important because like we kind of have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's just like a part of life, so. Yeah, well, like I said before, like, I really appreciate you just having a space for us to share our stories and kind of connect and see what people are doing um, on campus or, you know, like promoting um, their literature to help educate other people. I'm all about it. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, oh, this was put in my lap and now I've hit the ground running and I'm trying to do like, crash course in like Mm -hmm. legal legalese and like understanding how the courts work finding Mm -hmm. out who my um prosecutor is ellie savitt which is really exciting for our area because he's going to make a lot of changes so Mm -hmm. um it just takes a lot of work legwork to kind of understand how these systems work first Mm -hmm. um so that's where I'm at with this. And then I would like to work with other students to either, like we had mentioned, um, promoting fundraising mm-hmm. um, efforts to support people who are directly impacted. So that's like people in crisis who had mm-hmm. that happen to them, like immediately need help. But I'm also like, really interested in actually introducing some laws and protections because unfortunately a lot of the well not unfortunately fortunately there's a lot of places and resources for people to go Mm -hmm. um too but unfortunately because they're so focused on the immediate crisis Mm -hmm. there aren't teams working on laws or anything like that so i guess everyone has like there's no blueprint for how to do this. We're each going to have our own way of how we contribute. And we just, like you said, need to uplift each other. And it's like, Hey, you know, you got this idea. I might be able to contribute a little bit, or I might be able to just show up Mm -hmm. and support you. Like if there's a protest or something, but there needs to be um, a system where we can find each other and kind of have action based, um, movement I guess Mm -hmm. so I'm interested in finding those spaces a lot of the things that I focused on really have to do with the law Mm -hmm. because the law has so many loopholes right now um and outdated language that it just kind of it's time for reform a lot of the studies based on sex crimes 
Well, one, we know they're always underreported. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of victims have trouble with coming forward, mm-hmm. but they're from the 2000, early 2000s and the 90s. So they're almost as old as I am and things mm-hmm. have changed. Digital age, like you said, there's a mm-hmm. lot. So we need more, we need a push for actual reform and mm-hmm. something that is really interested interesting to me is restorative justice mm-hmm. so that's a term that's been thrown around a lot and it's basically a proponent of a lot of people in the Ann Arbor area who are promoting these things so that they're modeled on a small scale within our community and then adopted across the nation so restorative justice is supposed to be victim-centered um, approach where basically there's some reconciliation between the offender and the victim. Now Mm -hmm. in a situation with sexual violence, most people don't want to um, have as much contact with their abusers. Mm -hmm. So my personal thing right now is I've mentioned Joshua Blakeho, the guy from Perverted Justice and the one who is um, working on the evidence-based case to end the Michigan Sex Offender Registry. Mm -hmm. Um, I would kind of, he's a proponent of restorative justice. I'd really enjoy, since I am a survivor of him, if we met at the Dispute Resolution Center and he kind of put his money where his mouth is. Um, Mm -hmm. If this is something you believe in and something that you want to hold yourself accountable for, I would like to reconcile with you. Um, And I'd like to model that. Um, I think it's really unique and something different. Mm -hmm. But I've had a lot of time pass between um, what he did and really in terms of my history, it's not the most prominent thing. It's Mm -hmm. more so prominent because of the the larger scale impact he's having. He's in a place of more privilege now than he was at U of M. Mm -hmm. Um, He leads a podcast. He's meeting with criminal reform um, justice people from across the nation. He met with Dr. Abdul Sayed, who ran for governor um, against Gretchen Whitmer. Mm -hmm. He also met with Ellie Sabat, who I mentioned. So it's not that this is just some random guy, like he's a policy analyst. He's doing all of these different things. So Mm -hmm. There are options for reconciliation. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of trying to make sure that these systems kind of work. Um, Mm -hmm. They're doing a lot of expungement um, fairs for people who can automatically get things taken off their records, like lesser marijuana charges, things like that. And I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. Um, The expungement that I'm concerned about involves basically convicted sex crimes of the fourth degree, which involves independent contractors in the schools. So that can be um, the janitor, substitute Mm -hmm. teachers, a lot of different people. Um, Essentially, there's no state law that requires um, a fingerprinting cross check between the federal and the state. Mm -hmm. So as I'm talking about this, I know that's all over the place, but it just, I want you all to see how many holes there are. So if we can't do fingerprinting and have federal and state ones match up, that's a hole in the system. Mm -hmm. If I am 
let's say a principal at a school and I've worked with a teacher for 20 years and I let them retire quietly because we know their history and we want to avoid scandal or I look at their personnel file and decide not to include that on there Mm -hmm. with personnel file expungement it creates another hole Mm -hmm. um in terms of mandated reporting for K through 12 students they usually have one person in the building so one for elementary school one for middle school one for high school that is trained every teacher needs to be trained so that they're doing that properly Mm -hmm. um so as i go through these things it's just like hole after hole after hole these systems are in place but they're not functioning properly and Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that they are um Another big thing with background checks that just happened in 2019 um, and is going to be in place in January of 2022 is the removal of birthdays um, and other information for, for basically background checks. So the birthday matters because that basically solidifies um, recognizing someone within the system. I need Mm -hmm. to spell your name properly. I need to have your birth date. So if we're removing things um, based off of, and basically it's being presented under the guise of avoiding identity theft, Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird um, as systems go more online. And it's kind of like, it doesn't have anything to do really with identity theft. I really yeah. believe that it's just eliminating protections for people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, identity theft is what I think of as more main towards like personal information. So that's like your bank account, credit card, social security number, anything really. I mean, just the past year of like people's like that da- like data leaks from major companies such as T Mobile and stuff like that too, where their personal information is out. Like it's 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 more related to that than like birthdays. So I'm very surprised that they taken off birthdays under the guise of identity stuff. I mean, I I don't know how I say it. I don't know too, but I also think too there's like a disconnect too of like people's understanding of technology, especially like the older older generation too. Um, that I imagine like most of these calls and when most of the representatives that we have are people who are from like back back into day, like before like the internet really became a big, huge like thing, you know. Um so that's that's just really surprising on just that front alone. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of what those records will show, if anything like you have to have convictions. If it was a plea or anything like that, it's not going to show. And a lot of just the nature of these crimes, because it's so much for, like, it's a lot of court costs. The the victims are usually put on almost on trial and it's like a criminal case for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also in terms of perpetrators, they want to maintain some privacy. So what actually ends up on those background checks and in the police report, like the charges can be different from, like the arrest charges can be different from 
what is on file based off of what the prosecutor's office or the courts give us. Mm. So it's another way of like internal systems kind of failing um, with communicating with each other. Another solution that was presented to the schools was to use something called iChat. You and I can go on and do this. We have to have the person's name and their birth date. Mm -hmm. Um, And it costs 10 bucks and you can get criminal history on someone. And I did this. So I did it. It was very easy. I found one of the previous teachers who was accused. And then I'm fairly certain um, he was a repetitive abuser, had like a DUI. And for some reason, a DUI will stay on your track record forever. But Mm -hmm. with the changes um, around last November, um, that's all up for that. The criminal, basically sex crimes of the fourth degree and the expungement of them and all of that is muddied right now. So Mm -hmm. iChat won't reflect that. Um, The fingerprinting might not reflect that. And it's Mm. putting kids at risk. Yeah, it seems we're going two steps forward, but 10 steps back <laughs> in a lot of ways. And like we tell that we're like the best country in the world. And really, we are like really behind in terms of like social, like, like socially and especially within our own laws and stuff amongst our communities, like behind by like a lot, like even just like you know this is something that will like i off track but it will relate it's like racism and slavery like we were so behind on that and like we just like we like just like you know barred (laughs) slavery not that long ago like almost like maybe two three decades ago so like not that long and then also just like you know had the right to vote like back in the 60s then that we are also still like dealing with racism up until this day like we we are not <laughs> as perfect as we tell to be and like you know I love my country because I like grew up and was born here but I also love it enough to where I really do not like some things that have been going on in the country and really want to see changes in the helpful too, especially because I'm like a young dude too. Like I'm a young black dude in America. That's scary. Yeah, <laughs> no you gotta survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like not only that too, like just on the standpoint if you take out race, it's just me being young and wanting and just seeing how people older than me are messing a lot of things up, but really backtracking a lot on a lot of stuff, you know. And it's like, oh shit like my like my <laughs> like generation is gonna have to take up the slack now like all right cool like <laughs> it's 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 fun it's fun just like living in this like world that we live in there you know and and like you know COVID has definitely like revealed a lot but it also has brought up a lot of new and occurring issues now where it's like oh man it's like overload <laughs> you know and it's yeah. like so much you can do but you know like you said it's a lot about doing like work being just on the ground doing as much research as you can and whatever you're doing and just you know making sure that you're doing it um 
but you know as you know as i mentioned like bringing lifting each other up too you know because like we can only do so much by like ourselves and like this is something that i'm still trying to learn um too because um you know i definitely do like to do a lot of things by myself um but i realize the importance of having people behind myself like right now doing this podcast i'm just doing this by myself you know and i have people interested in wanting to like help me out too but i was like so afraid of like oh man if they're on like i want to be able to pay them for like their time and effort too because like you know not only are they bringing me value i want to bring value to them too like through that too you know um because like people deserve to get paid for like what they're doing and stuff you know especially if they're like helping me out too because like i just i just feel weird so it's like oh man I, i'm going to work with you like cool let me pay you <laughs> um but you know uh you know but you know getting back on track on this like it's it's scary <laughs> and it's really really like just eye-opening too especially because this is like my first time also ever hearing about this and just you know again just seeing just you know the amount of information that's out there that we don't even see or we keep losing stuff like that's just like oh man what like how can we like trying to learn that too um you know so um well so um so yeah i want you to finish your thought and what else you say but um also like what do you think will be like the best way for us to be able to shift through like a lot of this information be able to want to be there and be boots on the ground, help out with like the like work. Um, but also like ways that we can lift each other up too. Yeah, I'm actually really, I'm I'm going to go a little bit all over the place with this. So you might have to redirect me, but um, mm-hmm. I'm actually really glad that you brought up the issue of um, race because I think it's really important when discussing intersectionalities and the history of um, the US with the abolition of slavery and um, essentially creating the, it's called the myth of like black men being rapists. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to have this knowledge of history and these institutions of racism that we've had to deal with and Mm -hmm. how they have evolved and changed, but are still saying the same things. It, it might just be different language. They might flower it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that whole feeling of like history going back and forth and repeating the things over and over again, mm-hmm. um, and also leaving the younger generation to deal with climate change and all of these things. Um, I really do believe that things like environmental racism, such as Flint and the water Mm -hmm. crisis, and all of these things are interconnected. Um, But I have to focus on my piece. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out like, what exactly can I give most of my energy to Mm -hmm. and transform it from me kind of being scatterbrained and all over the place, um, Mm -hmm. trying to you know, learn this information to actually being able to speak on this clearly, mm-hmm. um, you know, had to go to therapy. It's been a really difficult year for me and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm good before I represent other people out in public. So 
I've had kind of an attitude of wanting to protect other survivors because it's ugly. Me going yeah. around and contacting these people, I've tried doing everything through official avenues of communication. I'm, I'm not having people respond to me in kind ways. And I kind of had to take the road that they were taking. So, mm -hmm. um, and I'm also, as being an artist and performance artist, I'm doing crazy stuff at protests and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think protests are really cathartic. I think they raise awareness, but, and it's a good way for us to find each other. But I think that there needs to be um, organized specific amounts of time with like-minded people who can really flush these things out. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has something to contribute, even if you're someone who just wants to show up and do something for a day or whatever. Like, um, I would like to figure out roles that people could volunteer for. Um, like I mentioned, going across campus and connecting with other student groups is really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, there are two nonprofits that I'm really interested in working with. Um, one of them is Survivors Speaks, which is run by Trisha Duckworth, and they mm -hmm. do amazing work in the community. Um, and it's kind of interesting because she's providing a perspective through um, Black Lives Matter. She's mm -hmm. heavily involved in the church. Um, so that brings a different perspective than the other person that I'm trying to work with, which is Amanda Thomas Show. And she works with Survivors Strong. That's the nonprofit that she's created. Don't like to purely identify her based on this, but she's one of the survivors of Larry Nasser. Mm -hmm. So it kind of is an interesting position because a lot of times within the sexual violence movement, um, just matter of fact is Caucasian white women get more attention. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of, like I said, with being mixed, want to go in between these communities and foster different conversations. I'm a more comfortable face depending on who I'm talking to. And that's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want, like, there's this disjointed with, Hey, we don't have representation. You don't listen to us when we come in your spaces. Mm -hmm. um, we need more support. Um, we don't have access to as many resources. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in facilitating some of that. Um, in mm -hmm. terms of drafting legislation, I need help from people who are lawyers or going um, paralegal, mm -hmm. like students, things like that. I'm looking for students. I'm not looking for people who are set in their ways, who mm -hmm. have been doing their jobs that they've been trained to do. Mm -hmm. We need people who think differently. Um, so, I think it's almost like a to be continued conversation because this is growing and evolving. Um, and I'm just realizing like, oh, we're not just gonna get this one guy out of the school that we talked about as like, mm -hmm. you know, friends. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, this problem is really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I can't do it myself. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I relate to also having to leave in and out like between white worlds and stuff too. You know, as I like mentioned briefly before starting like the part this podcast episode, um, I'm a part of the deep life community, you know. So like I like so it was very interesting for me being able to sort of be like, all right, cool, I'm coming in and then being able to like 
look at broke wheels too of like being a part of his life and like being involved outside of it too um and seeing just like the different levels of that i mean like even then it's like it's still like a little bit frustrating too because you like you know see all like the uh frustrations with like just the politics and stuff like that too and people really being like, oh yeah, we're totally gonna do this thing and really just are not really about it too. I mean, you know, me even like taking a year off because I plan to come back in winter semester because, you know, I want to try and get my financial situation more than my stuff too. Come back with like, you know, me even just wanting to like post like one article, like I like there were complaints about like me because like, you know, I was a part, I was initially part of this thing on Facebook, which is like this Facebook group. And then, you know, and it wasn't understandably so because it was like, hey, we've heard complaints about some of the videos and articles, um, you know, hey, like, I completely understand, but this is like a group for active, like, the active members in the community and stuff, and like, your fraternity is off campus and stuff, is not part of, like, the community anymore, so you know, we're going to have to, like, take you out and stuff, and it's, like, very frustrating for me, and I was, like, really mad, and then I was, like, okay, I understand, you know. But it was still like one of those things where it's like, man, like I was trying to, I felt, I thought, you know, I was trying to give value to like the group community with like what I'm writing about and like videos and stuff and be like, hey, like this is something like that we can't really ignore. Like at the end of the day too, like as much as we try and do fun, cool PR campaigns, like, oh my gosh, look at, you know, our like our sisters and brothers like doing these amazing things in the community and stuff like that, which is great. Like, and I'm not like downplaying that at all, but like you can't be tone deaf to like a lot of like the issues that have been going on, especially if you still have people even putting up like graffiti on like the wall on campus talking about your fraternity as protecting rapists and stuff like that too. And like, it's very hard, like, and very interesting for me too, because I also know some of these people that are actually good individuals too within these organizations but still trapped because you know again this is their organization that they flows a relationship with and stuff like that too so it's like all right i understand but you know there's still like that individuality aspect where it's like yeah you can love your organization but if you love it enough then you'll love it enough to be able to be like hey this is not right this is not like really fall enough to like what I personally believe in and like we really need to put like changes in where like we're not reactive but we're proactive you know and like you know with like you know the discussion of like me like posting and stuff and being active like they even mentioned like oh yeah like ISC, CPC, like Karen and all of them and like the uh, Tide and I are like actively working it's like all right cool but you know it's again still one of those things it's like you know you you can't start you can't i understand putting the work in especially after everything's going on but it's sort of like one of those things where like the damage is kind of done <laughs> you know and it's just kind of like all right i know you guys should be really trying to work things for everyone but you know how are you really going about are how are you yourself you set yourselves really going about it in a way but like you know it's it really is good for everyone whether it's like reaching out to an organization doing programming or even just do an event to help create more awareness to it or stuff like that too. Or even just supporting an individual who needs to get a part of community as an alumni now who's actually like promoting this stuff and trying to bring more awareness to this stuff too. 
and creating the space, you know? Because, you know, again, it circles that to lifting each other up too. Like, I'm for lifting each other up. Like, I want not only Greek life, but people outside it. I want academic organizations. I want people in athletics. I want all different sorts of people to be able to come together, work together, be able to come on a space and help create something that's really, really beautiful and stuff like that too. And, you know, be able to like put their part, put their stuff in me and be like, all right, cool, we are doing this because we stand behind these values and stuff like that too. But it's also like, you know, you can't like hide behind the bullshit anymore. Like if you are like doing this, like be about what you say and make sure like this does not happen again. Because if it happens again, it's going to be 10 times worse than it has been for the past four, five years. <laughs> that has been even longer. And people are tired. Like people are actually tired. And it took a pandemic for everyone to be like, holy shit, I am really tired of this shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I echo a lot of what you're saying and I, I definitely think I've focused so much on contacting like the school board and all of these people who really, when it comes down to it in practice should be aligned with what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But what plays out is that I'm a nuisance. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to link up with more like-minded people. And I actually think we need more social media accounts that maybe they're more anonymous, but that kind of like an underground newspaper. Mm -hmm. I think we do need that, honestly. Um, It's kind of sad because sometimes it can be like TMZ, you know, like gossipy or like whatever, like we found an alien on (laughs) campus or something like that. Yeah, definitely. But I mean... At the same time, some of those rumors actually shed light on things that we really need to discuss or flush out and see, hey, is this just a rumor? And I don't think that responsibility should just fall on students. Mm-hmm. Like that should be what the administration is being paid $100,000 plus a year to do, mm-hmm. um, not to do like diversity training, which is great, mm-hmm. but I'm like, okay, instead of just doing a whole bunch of PowerPoints and training or whatever, let's Mm -hmm. actually see some implementation of scholarship money or something Mm -hmm. like that to increase, um, you know, student population, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that it seems like people are moving in the right direction. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of like I said, finding each other, I need to come out more is what I'm realizing. I have honestly Mm -hmm. been very afraid to speak on these things because I'm attacking very big, like, you know, people are like the man, the institution. I'm like, I can name these people. And that's scary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, social media, I mean, internet in general, it's a great place for that. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I made this podcast too, too. Because it's like, all right, how, how can I get help or how can I get like you know, help in the way where it stands just beyond my own community? It was like, oh, boom, internet. <laughs> then it was like, all right, how can you know? Then it's like, all right, how can I easily scale this to where like you know it becomes so big when no one can't really ignore it anymore and like and like really listen to it too. So 
you know, but with that, it also is about being consistent too, you know, because a lot of the times with these social media giants and stuff like that too, it is a lot about the algorithms and then the time and the work and stuff being like very specific on like keywords and like hashtags and stuff like that too. And like, that's a long process and a lot of work and one that maybe a good bit of people will not like. But people such as yourself and like me, like will probably be like, okay, yeah, we can definitely like put in the work and stuff like that too, especially if this is something that people cares about, like what we stand for and stuff like that too, you know. Um, and just, you know, showing and just being able to sort of be like sort of like, you know, light bearers of sorts, you know, to be able to be like, all right, you know, here's what we've been doing, this is how you can help. Like, even if you want to like like copy a little bit about what you're doing and what we feel what we've done into your own little thing that's totally awesome too like you know like at the end of the day like at the end of the day um and this is just my person this is just my personal goal um i want to be able to leave behind a legacy where i've made my community a lot better by the time that i leave yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just want to protect the kids. So mm -hmm. I don't think, like, I think that's a bipartisan issue. And I think that's something everyone can agree with. We were all kids once. So, I mean, it's kind of like common sense, but I've also heard mm -hmm. common sense ain't common. And I'm learning that a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> with just like going into these spaces. And I think you mentioned this earlier where you're just like, huh, you think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Or like someone who's older and I, I mean I'm not here to knock like knock our um elders like I was taught to respect them but at the mm -hmm. same time the the proof is in the pudding we can't just say respect our elders they've been doing things the right way we're gonna follow suit when it's like no we need to think of these things in different ways mm -hmm. um and I really do think it's like people are like oh like look outside the box and I'm like no, 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 no. We need young people to go, why the hell is there a box in the first place? Uh -huh. And who put that box there? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I personally don't like being put in a box too, which is why like, you know, even me being like, oh yeah, my young black is like, man, like it's, it's, it's really shouldn't be about race too. Cause like, you know, what I'm doing is like what any other normal person can do, you know, it's just that, you know, I know like from the outside looking in, I'm a black dude just doing what I'm doing, you know, and, it, and it's inspiring and it can be a good, you know, example of representation, which like I fully get, you know, but, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things where like I definitely want to shatter the status quo and stuff like that and really be about like a lot of the things that I want to do is why like, you know, as I mentioned before, I used to be the president of my fraternity and then unfortunately closed during COVID and stuff, but I really wanted my fraternity to be of good to really do like a lot of like fun and cool things with it too. And actually like be like, all right, cool. What can we do that's kind of different, new and something that can really help push, elevate just not only the status of like my fraternity of my fraternity of the second five, but also help, you know, people to be like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Let's do our own version of what they did and like, you know, bit better and stuff like that too you know and really have it be like community centric too because like you know 
even like even just one organization do it like we still need a lot of people and like you can't be an organization or a business about people like people are the most important thing <laughs> ever they're like the most important currency ever that you can ever get to because like at the end of the day like as much as i can do a lot of these things by myself it's a lot more better much more freeing of having a team of people behind your back especially them being able to help you accomplish your goal and then you being able to be like all right cool as much as i would like to have you on i also know too like you are also your own person i want to do something more so take what you've learned and do it 10 times better because at the end of the day like i want other people to be a little bit better than me too because it's like i see a lot of potential when you do a whole lot more <laughs> you know and help make the world like a yeah, thanks for that. I mean, I think what you're saying with your role, uh, obviously by leading this podcast and also, um, you know, coming from within, being a part of your, um, of Greek life and being the president of your chapter, it's like, we need this to not only be coming from survivors. We need people within these organizations to, to say, hey, we want this to be different and it can function differently. And some of that involves things like consent-based education, mm-hmm. um, facilitating a lot of those conversations. And like, like you said, like putting a positive spin on it. Cause a lot of times with these weighty topics, it's just like, uh, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. not something that's fun ever to talk about, but it's just a reality that it needs to be addressed. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we keep in touch and that, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Let me know if anything's going on and I'll definitely check out your podcast and everything because I learn a lot from that. But I mean, I'm very interested in finally getting outside of my comfort zone, um, realizing that what I have to say has value. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's something that a lot of survivors struggle with. It's like, no one's going to listen to me. They never did before, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, not a little kid anymore <laughs> like I'm a grown woman so you're gonna listen even if I have to yell it at you or do crazy stuff yeah no definitely and you know again I created this space exactly for that you know to share yourself about judgment too but also be able to have a space for like actual people that have been through it too because I know like with like me too living everything there were a lot of people that have used it for bad and that's the very unfortunate part, which like caused this entire riff of like believing who and believing what, you know. Um, but still, like again, like even even me just still saying this, I'm just like, I'm here to just help create a space for people to help build more awareness, you know. And then through that, hopefully change can happen, you know. But I know it'll take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and honestly. It'll take a lot of repairing with a lot of people, you know, reconciliation, as you said, too, you know, and forgiveness, you know, because, like, it's a lot of, like, you know, like, scars that you really can't, like, leave from, which is understandable, too, and, you know, it's, you know, I get why it's hard to even report it, like, you know, I'm, like, a while back, I was on, like, Rain Corrupt site, which is, like, uh, if you don't know who, who, what Rain is, for those listening and viewing this, um, is an anti-sexual violence organization that deals with the education and awareness of sexual assault. Uh, they do, they help with uh, programming, with 
local organizations, and also I have a help uh, help hotline uh, for survivors working with the Department of Defense and stuff. So they're a really cool and neat organization. Uh, we'll probably put a link somewhere down below uh, if you're viewing this on YouTube. Um, but um, yeah, no, the uh, data ourselves, like you know, even though majority, even though a majority of sexual assaults happen to young, like female, like female young adults. Um, well, seventy percent of like young young male adults don't report the incident, which is shocking. I was very shocked by that because I thought it would be a lot lower. Yeah, I mean that's another component to bring into with this discussion of sexual violence, like people who are trans, people who are who identify as men. Um, specifically like indigenous women, all of these people really are almost quiet or silenced in this discussion. And it's really important to say, hey, this is happening here as well. And another component of that is prison rape. Mm -hmm. That's something people joke about for men when it's really something traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where it gets muddy. So we have young people who may be um, doing some of these offenses, and then we're going to send them into jail where they're with hardened criminals who are going to do things like rape them. Some people mm -hmm. feel moral ways about that, but I'm just saying it creates these cycles of sexual violence, and we do need to have some form of reconciliation, and there's multiple victims on both sides even mm -hmm. if we don't truly help someone get those mental health services or hold them kind of accountable, like if they're a serial rapist by having some form of tracking mm -hmm. and just making sure that they're, like I said, they're on track. So there's a lot of places where we can get, dis we can get stuck just discussing things. Um, mm -hmm. And it, like I said, it gets really muddy and I'll have people be like, well, what about the guy who's peeing by the side of the road, you know, and mm -hmm. is on the sex offender registry? And I'm just like, that's not the conversation that I'm having. It's very specific what I'm focusing on with mm -hmm. students and with sexual violence. That has to be my piece of the pie, I guess. So I'll be here. I'll be around. Um, I have ways of contacting me anonymously if anyone would like to share. So you can create a Proton Mail um, account that doesn't require a recovery email or phone number associated with it. And I have um, an encrypted email, me to aaps at hushmail.com. That's kind of where I've been getting some of the things that I've taken as screenshots and posted. Mm -hmm. um, I have my Twitter and my Insta, which kind of, I have taken a break from, but I need to pick up things. Like we were saying, a lot of times people only pay attention to sexual violence around April, or let's say during welcome week, when mm -hmm. a lot of these things are susceptible to happen on campus. So I would like to be a part of discussing this, even with people who are in those positions to help us. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be anti, totally anti-establishment, but just mm -hmm. coming from where I've come from, it's just, there's a lot of distrust. And mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of other people can reflect that right now. I don't, with COVID, I think a lot of 
especially youth realize like no you can't fool us anymore so it's yeah. kind of just tapping into that energy and making sure that um like we do things like keep in touch mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah oh yeah definitely and uh, i'll probably and i would definitely put your link to your social medias um down in the description of youtube uh on this uh, youtube video um so that way people can keep in contact with you and stuff um and so with that um then before we sort of end uh what what is your like hopes and advice for people that want to be a part of like what you're doing help out um, or even just wanting to just be able to like uh, come out, share their story, and even or even like help want to make changes within their own communities and organizations. Well, I think the first thing that I really started with with all of this was just trying to collect stories and for us to for survivors to find each other and kind of grieve and kind of support each other and realize that we have strength and that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, same with your podcast. It's like refreshing, not refreshing, but a lot of times you feel really, really lonely. So it's nice to realize that there are others like me, even though it's really a terrible fact to kind of come to grips with. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a very important first step. And then posting, talking about it, really good second step. And now I'm in a place where I'm thinking about the third step of, okay, how do we have a student-led movement? We know with history, specifically with the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. um, and the rainbow coalition that formed out of that with a whole bunch of different movements coming together Mm -hmm. um, that we really need something that is like that again. We If we're gonna repeat history again, it needs to be the sixties and the seventies. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I think um, this generation, I guess, millennials to Gen Z-ish yeah. <laughs> generation has kind of realized. And it, it, a lot of people give millennials a lot of flack, but I'm just like, we've needed the voting population and we've needed kind of youth to surpass and to skew mm-hmm. the numbers for all of these uh, Republicans or conservatives who are voting. Mm-hmm. So I think social change definitely is happening. We're hearing Mm -hmm. language change. We're hearing, we're seeing people be fluid and we're hearing people be really open talking about mental Mm -hmm. health issues, removing the stigma. So I think socially we're moving in the right direction, but Mm -hmm. once that situation happens and you try to do a police report or try to report to the Title IX office at school, that's where we start seeing people completely get lost in Mm -hmm. these institutions preserving their reputation. Mm -hmm. And the best comparison that I can have is that these institutions are functioning like the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. There's knowledge that these people have either helped cover up these things or have kind of just swept it under the rug and let the person go on to their next job. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to strengthen some of the things that are already in place. There's a lot of outdated language. So going through each of the sections of the Michigan legislature and looking at that language and saying, how can we change this? Because for example, Betsy DeVos changed the language of burden of proof 
versus without a doubt. Um, mm. So like when you say things like that in a court kind of situation, it's like prove something beyond without a doubt. It's like a very different approach than with Title IX's original intent of, hey, come forward. We're going to make sure that we get you justice. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what I'm more focused on is like how we get survivors justice and we need people who are kind of a little bit rougher <laughs> because it's not a nice conversation. And I've, mm -hmm. I've almost felt like I have to be a pit bull in the corner where I'm just saying outright, no, I'm, I believe survivors. We're not going to talk about whether this is gossip or not. Mm -hmm. Like we need someone who, when victims come forward, says a hundred percent, I believe you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my role right now, but um, there's been kind of, um, I had some personal things come up for the summer, so I haven't been able to focus on it as much, but I will be working with two of the Ann Arbor school board members over um, like consent-based education and changing some of the school board bylaws mm -hmm. involving like electric, electronic communications involving mm -hmm. social media. A lot of teachers will groom students by not using their official school email address. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some little things like that that are easy to tweak and change. And then there's some bigger things like the public tier information on the sex offender registry, um, mm -hmm. the school safety zones, all of that. Those are larger issues. And I don't know if we can necessarily go backwards. It's like these things mm -hmm. have already happened. They're going to be in place. Um, as much as I gripe about it or I complain or tell you about it, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, these things are already happening. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I want to gain enough knowledge to be proactive but that's going to take a lot of work on my part because mm -hmm. I just don't know the laws. And that's like my own ignorance. And I'm willing to admit that, like, I'm just mm -hmm. an everyday person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I will definitely look at what petitions and sort of things like that will look like mm -hmm. um, and ways that I could roll out some of that. I think I would like to participate in some events. And then, like I said, just show up to some of these clubs and see what is already going on. Um, I am willing to eventually go and meet um, with, you know, the regents and all of these mm -hmm. other people. Like I'm willing to do that legwork and I feel mm -hmm. like I can hold my own within those spaces. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just want to help students um, if they have ideas, like let's say there's other people in my art community who want to take photographs of quotes that survivors are holding up um, mm -hmm. that their abusers said to them. There was a project like this a few years ago I looked at. That's something that a photography major could help with and like get experience and also like help create something where a survivor can kind of take back power over those words and have some form of release. Mm -hmm. And it's really something that we could have some poster boards and a couple of cameras or your cell phone out over. Mm -hmm. So there's some things like that where it's like, okay, that's something we could do. It might not be entirely feel good, but kind of. Mm -hmm. um, so I have ideas like that. It's just like you said, I'm one person. I can't do every single thing and I want to do the fun stuff, but I mm -hmm. need to like look at some of the gross stuff. Like uh, how are these people getting on the dark web? How are yeah. they contacting each other? Like, mm 
Mm-hmm. Basically things that the special victims unit should be doing, but a lot of those people are, like we mentioned, dinosaurs, and they're mm-hmm. using equipment from the 2000s, and we've surpassed that. Mm-hmm. We just have. So yeah. that kind of is just my whole little thing about what I'm going to try to do. And you've really inspired me. It's like, I need to, I need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome, awesome. I'm glad to be uh, of inspiration, um, and that definitely means a lot to you know, again, at the end of the day, I just want to be of help to everyone. And again, make my community better at the end of the day too. Because, you know, I care much more about the generation after me than anything else. Especially because if I like definitely went through sort of like emotions you see and just everything happened, I'm just like, all right, cool, this bullshit needs to stop, <laughs> you know? um but yeah no thank you for your time uh being on the podcast sharing your story what you've been doing and stuff it has been enlightening has been informative and definitely made me think of a few things that i like personally need to do a little bit more of myself too um so you've also inspired me too (laughs) in a lot of ways that you think as well um it's especially like where i want to try and delve into and help like make things a little bit better too um so with that said thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast for listening or viewing this podcast so i'll make sure to release the audio portion of this on spotify and then if you are watching this on youtube please click like and subscribe so that you can be notified of when the next episode will be up and i'll probably uh, and again, I will probably put a link in the description below of, uh, more, of Morgan's uh, social media and probably her encrypted email. Um, and then also uh, the information relating to the website. So that said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Morgan, say bye. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No problem. For that, guys, see you next.